Hello again, I'm Tony. Thanks for choosing another fine episode of Car Chum. Today, stuff for the sake of stuff, technology just because we can, and accessories because we were gifted them and, well, just feel we should. Now, some people do stretching before doing a workout, I understand. My car chum Mike, though, limbers up before going into the studio by telling a story. I have a slightly unrelated story, which I can start with to warm up. Um, and also, you wanted to do some sort of engine size quiz thing today, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I had a funny feeling you might have. So I thought I will remind you, you because then at least we've got consistency. Yeah, indeed. No, perfect. No, I've got it all planned. Don't worry. Of course you have. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Um. So I um this isn't actually related to uh, to today's topic which I believe is modifications that people have done to cars that were probably a yeah, bit or unnecessary standard features either, as well that were unnecessary. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so either either owner or factory or whatever. But I I suppose this is very very slightly um a couple of days ago I was on my way to meet a friend for lunch driving down a dual carriageway and I see on the opposite side of the road so across four lanes of traffic in a lay-by there is an apparently abandoned uh, daimler and it had you know when when a, a car is abandoned and the police put yes, you know, police yeah. aware tape all all around it or along the sides and things i thought oh that looks good but i, I saw it for about two seconds that flashed past and i thought Oh, and it's it was the XJ40 mm-hmm. sort of style. So this is a mid, late 80s, early 90s Daimler. And if it's sat in a lay-by, it's just going to get hit. It's going to get the window smashed. I've got a couple of friends who love these cars. I thought, I've got to go back. Drive about three, four miles down the road, round the roundabout, pull in to the lay-by. And this Daimler is absolutely mint condition. It's perfect. Reason being... It's not been abandoned. It's a wedding car, <laughs> and the tape <laughs> is—it's <laughs> ribbon—is is wedding apparel, <laughs> and it had a chauffeur sat behind the wheel. And I sort of got out. And went, oh, it's really me. Oh, hi, how you doing? Yeah, just stretch the legs, get back in the car, drive away quickly. <laughs> so that's that's what very I did good, this week. Very good for you. Yeah, they were they were. Um, they were good. The XJ forties. I love the XJ four. I had an XJ forty. Um, it was. It of was really. Of course I did. Um, in um, sort of a sky blue metallic. Ooh. Uh, and it was a lovely car. There was there was one problem which I'll get to in a minute. Well, actually, there were more than one. But I'll get to um, it now. But yeah, Tell us. it was uh, it was it was really really sharp. This thing. The downside. It was the two point nine. Ooh. Yeah, um, absolute poverty spec. <laughs> um, so it had tweed seats rather Ew. than leather. Yeah, and they were itchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they actually looked quite nice, um, and it still had that really good jag feel about it, despite the fact it had you know you you, you know, it did have a heater, but mm. um, and four electric windows. Actually, thinking about it, and still twin exhausts. Out the back, yeah, it was a nice car, um, but the two point nine. Oh, was it a case that it, like a lot of when you buy a cheaper version of the car on the dashboard, there are spaces where a button should have been, 
that just reminded you that you yeah. you bought the cheapest version. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. No, there wasn't too bad in that respect actually, but I mean it didn't have um yeah, it didn't have the leather obviously. It was missing a few few yeah, it did have electric mirrors. It might have had electric mirrors, but anyway, it, 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 it was a it was a nice car. It was the engine. The engine was the letdown. Um, it had the same ZF box as the three point six, and then the later fours and whatnot. But but with that two point nine single cam engine, oh, I, I spoke so to, slow, and I I can't remember who the guy was, but it was somebody who was on one of the design teams for Jaguar around that time. And in retrospect, I'm sure he was joking. But we were just having a chat, and he's, he said, oh, yeah, funny thing about that car. He said, when we did the clays for it, and we sent it off to wherever it was for sort of final approval, so the the, the entire car was done as a clay model, as they do. Mm-hmm. And he'd, he'd sort of heard or started this persistent rumour that when it had gone up in the aircraft, the boot had sort of wilted slightly behind the back window, and the reason it had such an acute angle of boot was that it dropped a few degrees in the aircraft and no one realised until it came back for tooling. And I'm convinced he was taking the pee, but every so often you look at certain Jags and you kind of think, hmm, wonder. So Did it melt? I would love to have that confirmed or denied by anyone that the uh, the final clay version melted slightly in the aircraft (laughs) (laughs) um drag it back onto today's topic then shall we i was gonna kind of meander my way there um, by telling you that um do you remember i think it was last week i mentioned the 58 corvette up the street oh yes in white with the the red scoops Mm. yeah right um certain facts are wrong there and aren't actually facts. It's an Austin because, Healy. It's not in the street. <laughs> it's, a, it's an Allegro. Uh, no, I went and saw it um, a couple of days ago. It's not a 58, it's a 60, but that doesn't make any difference. It's still the twin headlamps. Very similar, yeah. Uh, the glaring error is that it's not, it's not red or white, it's white or red. Um, bit of a difference, but... Um, anyway, it's a cracker. It really mm. is. It's absolutely lovely. The owner, uh, the owner's a perfectionist, and he said, oh, "You know, I'm not quite happy with this and, and whatnot." But I said, "Don't touch it because if you, it's it's right at that point where it's absolutely stunning. But to get anything better, you're going to have to undo everything that's been done mm. and redo it, and your costs and time are exponential, and the return is is nothing. You know, it's you know, it's a couple of tiny little rubber seals aren't quite right, and there's a little you know, a little bit of crazing on the paint. There always will be because it's fiberglass. Yes, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, in a in a fairly warm climate. Yeah, thick fiberglass. Oh, no, yeah. until you until you tap it, it's pretty convincing. That it's metal, actually. I thought. <laughs> um, they so it's a 1960. It's going to be yeah. uh, presumably 283, uh, small block. Um, yeah. Was it fuel injection? Did you notice? No, um, it was carb. We talked about fuel injection. He said he looked at a couple of them, but it was, um, yeah, that was that was a faffy system. Apparently, I don't know hmm. anything about it. I don't know what it was, but yeah, no. So it's carb. Um, yeah, two eight three. He couldn't remember the exact size. He said well, it was about a four point seven. I said, well, that'd be two eight three. Because they That's did, about... being American, they did about five different states of tune. Right. Um, so you could like the fuel injection was the was the biggest horsepower, but they yeah. basically usually down to carburetor, 
whether yeah. you had a two barrel carb four barrel carb um so there's probably about four or five different various ones and nobody ever knows what they've got i interview mm. car owners and they always say they've got the biggest one they always go oh yeah it's a 258 brake horse and you think, mm, not according to the VIN. Uh, <laughs> and it's manual. This one's manual. They almost always are. If you find okay. a Corvette that's 50s or 60s automatic, it's a rare, rare beast. Okay, it's the reverse talking, way round. Yeah, well, because they, they were a sports car and everybody could drive. Everyone could drive stick then. Mm. But yeah, you're talking most years of Corvettes throughout, certainly throughout the 50s into the mid early 60s even late 60s early 70s automatic corvettes about two or three percent of production oh really yeah not usually more than that it's only really when it got into the 80s 90s they started to be more autos i've got a question though for you which i think you beyond anyone else that i know will be able to answer see if i've got an answer (laughs) get ready for disappointment here Um, uh, (laughs) build it up knock it down the interior the dash Mm -hmm. is totally symmetrical so when you sit on the driver's side, there's a sort of, you know... Um, Grab rail. Half, half moon shape. Yeah, well, not on, the, not on the driver's side. On the driver's side, you've got the steering wheel, and then on the passenger side, yeah, you've got a grab rail, but they're sort of two half moons. Was that done so... You could, I mean, it just looks as if it could have been right-hand drive by just shifting the bits across. It just seems to be the, the fact that they liked... Um, they liked symmetry. Okay. Uh I would never say there were no right-hand drive Corvettes in the 50s because inevitably you then get proved wrong. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been caught out so many times before saying, well, never those right-hand drive. Um, but that's a weird one. I, a big V8 just went past, sorry. <laughs> I got distracted there because I heard a V8 go past the house and I couldn't get up and see what it was. Um, it sounded like a stag. Um, yeah, you, you could um, probably get one converted, which is tended to be what happened in Australia when left-hand drive cars went over to Australia. By law, they had to be converted to right-hand drive. Oh, did up they? Up until the 1980s or so, yeah. Wow. Um, which tended to be the old chain behind the dashboard. Steering box and stayed where it was, and then they kind of cut the dashboard Ugh. into about five pieces put the instruments on the opposite side, put a chain behind the dashboard. Um, yeah, yeah, I know it sounds terrible, but I've never heard of anyone who crashed because of one. Um, mm. But I wouldn't say there were no right-hand drive Corvettes, but I would be very surprised if there was one from the factory. Mm-hmm. I'm not no, it just, aware it just of looks, it. it just looks as if it was intentional. It's so, yeah, yeah. It would be like the easiest car to convert. Because I went in a, um, uh, what would it have been, 2000s Suburban, which someone had converted from mm. left to right. God only knows why. I mean, how much it costs to do that. Yeah, About 25 grand at the moment. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> why? Why would you do it? And uh, to be honest with you, the fit and finish was atrocious, you know, because you're trying to make stuff fit where it just clearly it, it really doesn't want to. You the know? way they do it on a more modern car is they tend to use um, the Chrysler 300 parts. Right. Because in the UK, we yeah, got okay. right-hand drive versions yeah. of the Chrysler 300. So there's a setup. There's a steering rack that's right-hand drive. There's a steering mm. column. Uh, so the the whole thing more or less goes into American cars of a similar size. 
which most of which are. Um, but yeah, the Corvettes were so low production anyway. It wasn't usually worth it. It was only because it looked intentional. Anyway, that wasn't mm. really what I intended to talk yeah. about. Oh, I'll tell you what, the other thing, it had a nice. It had the original radio in it, but he never. He, he hasn't even turned it on. And <laughs> he hasn't even tried it. This is that long uh, wave. Yeah. <laughs> long wave it and hasn't. short wave. And so we were talking about, we were going to talk about Pointless Kit, weren't we? And, and silly mm. mods and whatnot. And, and that, that, was, that was my cunning lead-in, was because um, my first thought was the 1950s and 60s record players ah yes pioneered i believe by chrysler yes i think it was their deal they signed something with cbs and cbs helped make them the very first ones 56 do you know what they were known as no the highway hi-fi highway hi-fi nice clever yeah, but they used special records. What well, they 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 took it. They took an already bad idea and made it worse by making them mm. unique records. So you couldn't just plonk on your normal forty fives or thirty threes, your singles or LPs. They they were unique type of records for those those first ones. They they were initially, uh, and then they realised because um, we're talking, I guess, early fifties. No, fifty six. Fifty six. Yeah, yeah. I think they they realised fairly early on that if they were going <laughs> to make every single <laughs> popular record into one of these special records they were you know they were going to lose more money than than they could believe yeah. so um yeah pretty soon they came up with a development where you could just play normal vinyl i think only ever 45 7 inch i don't think there was ever one that played albums was there no the second well not that i know of the second version was was with um rca and that was standard 45 so singles and you could stack apparently 14 of them in one go which could give you uh, according to their marketing blurb up to two hours of continuous listening <laughs> presuming you didn't skip whole parts of each song of course every time you go over a bump but. it was a very similar principle to a jukebox in that they played upside down and the weight of the record kept it on the needle mm. supposedly mm-hmm. uh this was assuming you had a lovely super smooth freeway if you took it down any kind of bump they would jump and they wore out records quite quickly yes because <laughs> they, they uh they, obviously they had a, <laughs> a weight holding them down and a, yeah, a yeah. sprung stylus so they they wore out records even faster than jukeboxes did uh and the unit was enormous the the things were actually gigantic. It would turn a, a three person bench seat into a two person bench seat because it was just right. like having a, a small suitcase. Have you ever seen strapped one? under the dash? Yes, I've seen I've seen several. Um, again in in Mopars in Chryslers, yeah. Because um, they te- they they were the ones who um, who sort of perfected it. But you could buy them as a an a, a, like an addition thing to put into your car yourself as well. And there were a number, but yeah, they're quite a large unit. And as you say, yeah, they they could take a number of uh, a, a number of singles. They when they work, they work brilliantly. Right. The other fabulous thing there was a thing called Vibrasonic, which was mid nineteen sixties, and that was effectively what, what, what you do in your own time, Mike, is up to you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> See this smile? That's fixed. It's I'm on. Grimace. I'm on my Vibrasonic 2000. But you you had um a, two speakers in the front, one or two in the back, and it would basically create an echo chamber. You flicked a switch, and it was effectively like a kind of front to back. So you kind of like early 60s surf music. 
Well, it sounded, it immersed you into the sound. It was a fraction of a second later in the back as an echo. And yeah, but why? Why? What was it supposed? To, what? What was this whole it, noise supposed to achieve? It was really the fact that it it made the sound bigger. It gave it a very okay. slight echo, and a lot of the music of the time had quite long notes. And there was a wah, and it it kind of just reverbed around you like you were in a large hall, okay. like a concert kind of sound to it. What was it called again? Vibra Sonic was certainly what they called it when they put them in Pontiacs. Right. But I, having driven down the road in a 65 Pontiac Bonneville listening to this, it's a fantastic sort of sound because it's, you know, you've got to remember most cars at the time only probably had a speaker in the front, speaker in the One back. speaker, yeah. So yeah, hearing yeah. it with, you know, with the, the, the advent of stereo, the advent of um, stereo FM radio, um, it did sound fantastic if you got the right song. Um, the problem also, because it kind of worked on vibration, so if you had a slightly noisy rear axle, it would also pick up the sound from that, and <laughs> it would echo a- engine noise sometimes, <laughs> exhaust notes, depending on how it was set up. Wow. But it's a wonderful thing. Um, there are videos on YouTube of vibrasonic music being played in, in cars, and it's worth a listen. I mean, you probably, you know, with modern ears, you could listen to it and you think, that's a horrible, horrible sound. Um, and it's the first time that anyone's ever ever said, "Hi, Tony, you've got modern ears." <laughs> so, do you know what I'm going to call today's uh, episode? Waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to call it nasty names. <laughs> uh, call it "Do Not Broadcast" Volume um, Seven. Uh, I'm going to call it what I called uh, a column I once wrote. I'm going to call it "Trash on the Dash." Nice. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved my title then. I like my title now. So today is Trash on the Dash. And that was written oh, ages ago as a a foil to the fad at the time of Satnav. You know, when okay. Satnav went massive. When, you know, when, all of when a Satnav was a fad. <laughs> well, no, Tony no, with know. his, I can map read. This thing's never going to catch on. Sorry, if you can't read a map, you shouldn't be leaving the house. No, 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 no. no. But you know, when Bad. it went absolutely huge and, and it was the number one Christmas gift for several years and whatnot. Wow. But, yeah, Sat-Nav. Not in my house. <laughs> but I have always hated stuff cluttered on the dashboard. Oh. Yeah, you know, oh. particularly... You know the suckery things sort of onto the windscreen. Um, the noise you know, they No, I can't do that. It's a oh, one-time okay. only. Um, and you know they leave the rings sort of nasty on the windscreen or whatever. And you oh, have yeah. a wire. You have a wire across the dashboard and round your legs and under your under under your clutch foot and round the left <laughs> round into, your ankle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly into, into the fag lighter to try. I hate trash on the dash. Okay. There seemed to be that period where. You had that, then you had your speed detector as well, your, your camera right. detector yeah. or whatever. You know, so you bird dog <laughs> snooper. Yeah, yeah so that's those, those were two of them. So trash on the dash, right? What else you got? Because you, all you've said so far is a good thing about a vibrating seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I could go back to sort of memories of my uh, one of my first cars, Ford Fiesta, nineteen eighty one, Mark One Fiesta. Give you an idea of what the car was like. And I didn't know what to look for when I went to buy a car. I knew you had to open the bonnet and look at the engine. So that was what I did. And then just close it again. It's there. But it's there. It's got the engine. It'll do. But it was only when I looked through the paperwork a month or so later 
Now, bearing it, this was an 11-year-old car. Mm-hmm. Um, it had about 130,000 miles on it, which was when the speedometer had broken. For about four years, every time I went for MOT, I had to clock it by winding the actually the first forward history of winding <laughs> the, the speed of the, the mileometer forward because uh, it just looked weird. You know, the MOT center was at eight miles from the house and turn up every year with the same mileage. Uh, <laughs> it's like he's trailering this car everywhere. How's it getting so rusty? But anyway, this this car had twenty six previous owners in eleven years. Tw- 26? 26 previous keepers in 11 years. Wowzers. I wonder, actually, do you know what? As an aside, I wonder what, we must look this up or ask people what what the maximum number of owners a car has ever had. I want to know. (laughs) I mean, this clearly, um, people kept it for a day and then then sold it on. But um, it would appear that every one of those owners put at least four radios into the car. (laughs) <laughs> because I went underneath the dashboard and there were a couple of loose wires and I started pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and it was like tree roots. They were just coming out and coming out and every one of them, there would be a, a piece of wire that was maybe you know 10 centimetres long that just didn't go anywhere. And I said, well, that's not connected to anything. And they were all held together by... I, I For some reason, I've got the word Scott block in my head, but I don't scotch. know that's Scotch block. Yeah. A little plastic box... Mm where you put wire in and then you tighten down a screw and it holds it. From memory, there were well over 40 or 50 little bits of wire not doing anything. I pulled all those out. It made no difference at all, but the car was faster uh, and lighter. But the radio it came with had... It's it's such an interesting fault, and I've never had this in any vehicle since, but it amused the hell out of passengers. It was an aftermarket cassette player. And when the car was cold, start up the car, drive away, put a cassette in the player, and the cassette would speed up in time with engine RPM. <laughs> so you pull away, put in a cassette, go through the gears, and the music would go... <laughs> as you went through the four speeds. Utterly fascinating for passengers. It didn't do it all the time, so there must have been some short in there or something <laughs> somehow related to distributor or RPM. But the other thing I remember about this cassette player, and I really wish I kept it when I sold the car, uh, other than that, was it had the strongest eject mechanism I've ever experienced on anything. <laughs> so yeah. You had a big, big, big mound of cassettes on yeah. the parcel show. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it with audio then, very briefly. This is a really quick one, and I think I think it's Subaru, but I can't. I've been racking my brains and I can't remember. But I'm pretty certain it's a Legacy. has 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 a button where you can extend the electric antenna optionally, right? Without turning the radio on. Oh, so you can put the aerial up? <laughs> yes, for no reason other than to prove you've got an aerial. Correct. It would. I can see the function that perhaps you'd want to keep the radio on and put the aerial down if you're going in a car wash. That makes sense, right? Yeah. But why? I cannot think of a possible reason why you would want to put the aerial up without the radio on. Maybe a lot of them were bought by mares. 
and or dictators, <laughs> and they just wanted to fly a little, you know, flag of independence from the from the mast. Right. Okay. Um, Ceremonial duties only. Yeah, then just yeah. the one flag. Weirdly, on the back left. Yeah. I suppose it could be really not useful in a car park. Oh, where's my Subaru? <laughs> you know, there it is. It's waving at me. It's, yes, it's, it's flying the Bolivian flag. It's, over yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> flying it. the flag of Bolivia. So that's number one. That's number one. The second one, which is a quickie, which is mm. vaguely audio related. I don't know why we got stuck on this, but Bentley Turbo R. Nice. Or, or Brooklyn's Brentley 8, that vintage. Mm. Town and country horn? Yes. What's the, what, is the, what, what is the point in having a twin-tone horn where you can change it to change from, you know, burp to beep? Now, this was a thing that went back to the 1920s and possibly before. This is purely a um, a nod back to their heritage because when you were driving in the town... You used a different horn, a slightly louder horn, than you would in the country where you didn't want to frighten the animals. So you had a more subdued tone driving through the country so you didn't upset the peasants and they began revolting. Um, whereas in town you needed a, get out of the way, when in the country it was, could you, could you move your horse? But it was just one of those things, it was a sort of a, a kind of a mark of an expensive car as well, I think. Yeah, and, and again, it, it filled a space on the dash as well. Yeah, yeah, it was another button. I had a Mercedes CLS. Wow. The first generation, which were, you know, that sort of uh, swoopy Bauhaus kind of design, which was nice. really, yeah, really different uh, at the That's time. Bauhaus, not the music group. They were some of the first to have the cornering lights. Here's another pointless one, I think, Ooh. anyway. All right, so you've got your fog lights down in the... Lower valance at the front. Yes. And if you've got your headlights on, as you turn right, the right-hand fog lamp turns on, and as you turn left, the left-hand fog lamp turns on. Did they all do that, or was it just yours? No, they all did it. They all did it. Lots of lots of new cars do it now. And I <laughs> think, having experienced it in quite a few cars, it's totally and utterly useless. Yeah. And... And a lot of people don't know what's going on with them. I had a friend who was um, a policewoman, and she was driving in front of me uh, one night. And then the next day, when I saw her, she said, "Ah, uh, she said you've got a um, got a light out on the front of your car." <laughs> she <laughs> so handed you three points at a hundred pound right, fine. Exactly. Yeah, I said, "No, no, no, no. They're cornering lights." She said, "No, don't be stupid." So a lot of people haven't heard of these things, but so I vote those are pretty pointless. Um, what was it? Called? Oh, yeah. There's another tale of. Again, well, I like. We've approached this from different ways, haven't we? Because all of mine are owner induced modifications, and, and yours are probably more sensibly manufacturer introduced items that people can relate to. Um, rather than just being a story about me. <laughs> uh, friend had a Mark 1 Astra, the three door hatchback Astra. But. The reason he bought this car, which was cheap, it was sort of five, six hundred pound car, was it had a pair of really good speakers but- in the parcel shelf. And he looked and thought, that's like a grand's worth of speakers there. I definitely oh, yeah, yeah, I want this. Took it out on a test drive and the car was all right. It was okay. And he paid for it and to pick it up the next day and the guy had taken the speakers out. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they hadn't, you know, nobody had mentioned that they were included with the car. 
and put in some very, very cheap ones. Um, which the first time we went over a speed bump, both fell out of the parcel shelf and clattered into the boot. But the other thing we hadn't realised with this car, um, it had an alarm, mm-hmm. which I think, to my recollection, worked three times. Um, once when we unlocked the car, once it just went off, <laughs> and the other time was halfway through an A-level maths exam. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really loud car alarm. It was out in the car park of the school, <laughs> sitting there trying to work out, you know, whatever the hell it was we learned. It wasn't the equivalent of um, coughing during um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It wasn't giving you the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Only if the answer was one, 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 one. Car alarms and immobilisers. Uh, the only th- my experience with certainly with old ones. The only the only person they immobilise is the owner. Well, we sat there waiting for this thing to go off, and you could see the exam invigilators thinking, well, I'll switch off in a minute. And it didn't. It was My friend was accompanied out to the car park where we could hear. I mean, we weren't allowed out, obviously, but uh, we could just hear for the next minute or so while he did battle trying to turn this car alarm off, and it would stop for a couple of seconds, and then it would go off again. Um, <laughs> so that, that's, that's, how, that's why I failed math. What about furniture... And cars. What do you know about furniture designers and cars? Oh, um, you're going to come up with either something really obscure or something wildly popular that I've forgotten. Well, it was but pretty popular, actually. I know various cars had seats you could take out and sit on, like two CVs and things, where you could remove the seats and have a picnic. Okay. Um, but no, it wasn't going. Not wasn't the going road you're travelling, is it? No, but that was it was oh. an interesting little aside. I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. The Land Rover Discovery One, the first mm-hmm. Discovery. What was that? About eighty nine. Mm, yeah. Had an interior, if you remember, quite unlike the Mark II for certain, um, where they kind of regularised it. But the first one was Conran design. Ooh, Jasper. Yes. Conrad. <laughs> Jasper Carrot design. Jasper, Jasper Car- Carrot, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the, the only other Jasper I can think of. Um, <laughs> so you had these yeah, you had very strange shaped steering wheel, but the feature that you've forgotten about is the one that was lost almost instantly out of every Mark One discovery that was made. Behind the... So you got the gear stick, you got the mm. handbrake. Behind that, mm. you had a sort of raised up fillet where the electric window switches were and behind that a precipice that went down a soft bag Mm -hmm. in interior colour and there were only two interior colours there was a sort of wishy-washy blue yeah and a wishy-washy brown um, all the original all the early ones were blue correct but they had those recently right but they had those two well yeah, I'm sure there was a sort of beigey brown uh, option. Mm. And there was this soft bag that mm. sat there that was in the same colour as your interior. and but the, So you could use it as a storage bin, but then you could okay. take it out as a bag. Wow. Wow. Problem being, of course, everyone took it out as a bag and then never returned it. So those are pretty rare. The t- that's, that's, that's one thing. I find when I go shopping with a car, I have no way of taking a bag with me. I leave the house, mm. hands empty, maybe we've got car keys in them, and I think, I wish there was a way I could take <laughs> the bags that are currently in my house with me <laughs> to the car and drive to the supermarket. Mm. But there's just not. I've only got two hands. I can't carry empty bags. 
You've only got two hands, but you've got you've got two thousand two thousand bags for life. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, millions of those. I mean, what I do, I get when I get a hundred, I burn them. Um, <laughs> now, I if only I bought a disco one. It reminded me of the uh, of the newer Rolls Royces about ten years ago, where they put an umbrella in the back door. Yeah. Yeah. You could open the door and pull out an umbrella. Um, yeah, just one I, passenger I door at the back, wasn't it? Hesitate to say it, but um, I knew someone, certainly wasn't a friend, I don't move in those circles, but I knew someone who had one of the first ones and it leaked. Oh, uh, really? So what, the, sorry, the umbrella or the Rolls Royce? Oh, yeah, the umbrella leaked. Yeah, right. yeah, they're famous for it. <laughs> um, there's a self fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? <laughs> this umbrella's wet. <laughs> Get an umbrella. <laughs> there was some issue with the seals on the door, and because the umbrella went into the door at an angle, you could sort of pull it out like a sword and a stone. Um, and when it rained, the, the water ran down the inside of the door and ran into the aperture that held the umbrella. So you yanked this umbrella out, and out would come like a pint of rainwater. I believe they sorted it very early on because it wasn't really the image they were trying to cultivate. Not so much. Didn't Skoda, um, am I making this, 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 this actually genuinely might be made up, but something says oh, to me that the it. Skoda Superb came with an umbrella as well, I think. And I'll tell you what else did, the Mercedes V-Class. Oh, okay. Um, but it wasn't recessed into a door, and then it was, because it, it was a, it wasn't quite a golf umbrella size, it was sort of somewhere in between. Mm. And it sat just behind the driver and clipped into the, the B pillar. They're the only okay. umbrella. They're the only umbrella features I can think of. <laughs> it's um, specialist subject. <laughs> Cars with built-in umbrellas. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely cover that in a later. When we start to get really desperate, um, we've been about two weeks. Uh, I, a friend of mine years ago had a um, World War Two Jeep, a a Willis Jeep, mm-hmm. which is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Looks like Willie's. It's pronounced Willis, apparently. Um, but he'd just take it out for a run, you know, down to the local pub. And a policeman stopped him and said, you know, you, you can't leave that there. And he said, oh, you know, it's parked in the car park. He went, no, it's got an axe on it. Uh. <laughs> he said, you can't leave a Jeep with an axe on the side of it. It's offensive weapon. And he said, well, would you prefer I walk through the streets carrying it? And the coffer say, yeah, yeah, fair point. All right, <laughs> leave it where it is. Um, how about how about these then? As other things that go on the go go on cars as accessories that mm-hmm. are just well, I think rather misjudged. But that's my my personal opinion. Eyelashes on headlights. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. On, Fiat five uh, hundreds and new Beetles. Correct. Uh, and of course, on the original Lamborghini Miura, where they look rather good. Why have I never seen that? Um, it is part of the design. It's not a stick-on eyebrow thing. But if you look at the original Miura headlights, they have sort of a oh, yes. the headlight yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. Um, you know they they have sort of little vented yeah. eyelashes, which are supposedly supposed to be eyelashes. Beetles, that stupid um, vase. On the dash. Oh, with the flower for the flower. Yeah, that's quite sweet. Did anyone ever put anything other than a plastic flower in there? I mean, <laughs> it's like a pen or something. Yeah. Or... 
It'd be more use as a pen holder. No, okay, I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> air really rifle. <laughs> Pretend you're an American policeman. Yeah. Spud Shotgun. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything? No, that- I. I it, it was one of those things, wasn't it, that um, you you kind of looked at and thought, oh, isn't that sweet and twee? Hmm. Um, and it was sort of a selling point. I, I kind of in two minds about that, yes. I mean, you look at it and think, oh, that's a stupid idea. But then you also kind of think, that's kind of, that's kind of funky. I mean, that's the whole thing with, with Beetle, wasn't it? It was, it was cool and retro, but it was also a, a golf underneath and they wanted to put something on it that was a little bit, a little bit, yeah, hippie. It was a Mark III Golf as well, wasn't it? I think, but um, uh, which didn't help it massively. Uh, it was German design fun. Yeah, it's the Germans having the laugh. <laughs> how about Ooh, aren't we wacky? <laughs> how about a boot tidy or a seat back tidy? Though the yeah, those terrible things that are just Christmas or birthday gifts, which are <laughs> ne- never used. The seat was so like, like a net. Yeah, that you sort yeah, of with had like no, with, a hammock in the yeah, booth. with with sections in it where you could I don't know put oil a one liter oil pot or oh right, yeah. I was for some reason thinking like massage oil or something you know like <laughs> holistic <laughs> sort of things that you want to dry around. Ooh, quick! I need some I need some burnt oak. One mm. that I'm surprised has never caught on. Um, you know the alloy manufacturer um, Ronal. Oh, Ronal, yes. Yeah, yeah, all the, the Saab alloys and whatnot. Mm. They did, and I think they still do, actually, alloys shaped as a teddy bear. Yes. <laughs> Why has that never caught on? I mean, I mean, not specifically the teddy bear, but it's funny how crazes and trends happen, isn't it? You would have thought mm. that, that everyone likes to change their wheels and personalise their car. Well, the ultimate personalisation, surely, would be you know, a funky design wheel. But your own that's, face. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, you could do, couldn't you? Um, it's never caught on, though, has it? Um, yeah, I remember the, the, the Ronal... I think they were called teddy bears. Yeah, you know, I think they still a, make a them, actually. Staggering leap of logic. Um, you tended to see them. I mean, they, they, weren't, they weren't particularly an accessory that uh, you thought, there's a car enthusiast. They, they tended to be, you know, just sort of right up there by this car powered by fairy dust. Decals mm-hmm. on the boot. Yeah, there was a there was a certain sort of fun element to it, and I apparent I I think they're now quite retro cool hmm. on on certain cars. You, know, you tend to see them on kind of micros and polos and things, didn't you? I assume they didn't do one for the offset for Lexus and <laughs> Seven Series BMWs and things. They look good on that Bentley Turbo with the twin tone horn, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Have you? S- have you seen um, they they've got wheel covers that stay in in place? I mean, I think this is probably something that was put on by by Bentley. But as the car is driving, the wheel cover remains stationary. Oh no, it's Rolls Royce on the Phantom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wait, it's weighted so that yeah, so where, wherever right. wherever it parks turns up, or indeed as it's moving, the RR is the logo is always yeah, yeah yeah. There's always always the right way around yeah. Um, or what about spinners that keep going when the car stops? Have you seen those? I have never seen. I know what they are. I've never seen a set of spinners. No. You know what I what I mean by the car? Because again, they're presumably they're some opposite of of weight. I don't quite know how they work. There must be a momentum thing in there. But you're driving along. The wheels are turning as per normal. You stop the car, and the wheels still carry on turning, but the car's stationary. Well, I must have one 
one weight in it off centre weight, mustn't it? Which does your wheel balancing a power of good, doesn't it? But, <laughs> well, the other th- really awkward thing with it is if you're driving along, unfortunately it's quite a rare thing, but if you're driving along and there's a car waiting to come out of a junction as you approach it and the wheels are turning, you cannot get into your mind that car is stationary. You immediately start braking, even though that, that car's so... It's, it's a danger to all mankind. Um, that, that's kind of me done, but I do remember, I'm going to take you to task here, Come on. Because you said last week we were going to have a quiz competition, and so far you haven't you haven't done that. Oh yeah, I'd so forgotten like, again. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, okay. it's a good job one of us listens to output, isn't it? Should we save it again? I'm half tempted to save it again. No, you will annoy people if you keep promising. It'll be you know. No, because I want like... to put a bit more work into it. As in, I want to put some work into it. No, I'm going to save. No, I'm going to save it. Executive decision. I'm sa- I'm saving the uh, engine size game. It needs some more okay. thought. It needs some is planning. This gonna be, is this going to be like some, some wonderful twee thing where it never actually happens? Yeah, But every quirky. week you say, next week will be the one. <laughs> we'll have jam next next Christmas. <laughs> Honestly. No, we'll do it next week. Do it next week. I just yeah, right. I just think it's so good, this game, that it, it, needs, it needs a little consideration. Um, well, I'm spent. And then he left. I guess if you've got nothing left to give, it's the best way. There will be more, though. Oh, so much more next week on Carchum. And, of course, there's that engine size quiz that uh, I now really regret mentioning. Must give that some thought. Till next time, pip pip.